This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yesterday we got to talk to Matt Moore. Today we get to talk to his skipper, his new skipper. But old one, if you want to consider. It's year two of Joe Girardi. And we get to have a great conversation, as always, one of the most thoughtful, most enlightening, and someone I always learn something about every time I talk to him. That's Joe Girardi right here on Pine Tar for Breakfast. In the air to left field, going back on it. It is gone! Kevin Franzen sends everybody home! Ball back! Coming down. down! What up? And welcome to another episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. I am your host, Kevin Franzen, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. And today, I'm not going to waste your time because I think it is all important just to bring on the man. Less than two weeks away from the opening of spring training pitchers and catchers and we are lucky enough to have manager joe girardi joining us right here on pine tower for breakfast joe how are you i'm good kevin how are you ah you know it's the fact that it's spring training 1.0 i am excited (laughs) yeah let's hopefully we only have one right yeah we don't have to add numbers to that like we did last year but it seems like everything is on pace to get started february 17th i'm sure uh, Philadelphia people and East Coast people are ready for spring training to start so we could think about better weather. Well, I mean, you're in South Florida, so... Yeah, I am. You know, like, well, you were on the Zoom call the other day, nice tan going. It's just that, you know, that Italian blood in you. It's it's perfect, you know, so we're freezing here. We got the nice, yes. you know, covering of snow. But um, when... I, I don't even know if I... Last year when I asked you before spring training, like, when do you start, like, really... Like it, it hits you for me, like November, I would start working out, doing all this stuff. When Super Bowl hit, I knew it was on like we're like it's time to turn it on completely. And is there a time for you where it is? Let's it, it's go time. You know, it's really after the first of the year. Once we get through the holidays, we get through New Year's Day, then it's kind of go time for me. And you start putting everything together, understanding that maybe you don't have your full roster, but you probably have a lot of it. And it's just a few changes that you might make. So it's really after the holidays and then it's, it's like go time. And I'm always amazed how quickly that last six weeks goes, Mm -hmm. you know, the up until January 1st, you know, it kind of just plows along. But after January 1st, it's like, where did those 45 days go? (laughs) Right. I'm not gonna like okay. So you have three teams that you've managed and in, in organizations and getting. So you had that first year already out of your your way three separate times. Going into year two, can you you know reminisce on the the days with the Yankees and now going into year two with the Phillies? You know what is there a calmness? Is there a difference? Is there you know or is it pretty much the same thing for you? No, there's there's a better understanding of who people are. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand 
who our first baseman is and our second baseman is and our shortstop and our third base. And, you know, you go around the outfield and who's on your rotation and you understand strengths and, and weaknesses of players a lot better than you did when you came in for your first year. And you're trying to get a crash course in a six or seven week period where hitters aren't sharp a lot of times until the last week of spring training. And you're not exactly sure what you're getting and where their struggles are. And you don't know what body language means, you know, when you ask a player about how he feels that day and all those things that you have to learn to put guys in the best possible situation to be successful. I have a much better understanding. Now, there are some new faces, and there's a lot of new faces in our bullpen that I'm going to have to learn fairly quickly. But I think I got a pretty good handle on everybody else. Yeah. So I can spend more time learning those guys. Well, you know, it's incredible. I, I So I had Caleb after uh, he was officially announced as your, your Caleb Cotham as your new pitching coach. And uh, some things that like just blew my mind. As far as he's young, right? And, and But doesn't mean he doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, it was the fact that kind of the thing that you were saying right there, understanding and knowing. I asked him about, like, what do you see with some of our guys? Well, he goes, I haven't even talked to him yet. So how do I know everything about him? So he, like, didn't make that assessment. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you know, usually you ask a question like that. Well, yeah, you know, I don't see him getting over his left side. He's a little bit on the up. Like, it was the fact that he wanted to get to know the person. It, it, it just, like, it baffled me. And I'm like, we're already in a good spot. We're in a great spot. You know, Brian Price was a very, you know, relationship-oriented guy. Caleb seems the same type of guy already. Well, I think what's great for Caleb is he's pretty fresh, you know, of understanding what the pitching coach-player relationship uh, is from a player standpoint. Because it hasn't been that long since he's been in that position. And he, he did a great job with Cincinnati. You heard some guys just rave about the job, you know, and, and the knowledge that he had and what he's able to offer. So I don't, you know, I don't ever worry about that. But he understands that you have to build that trust, hmm. that trust in that relationship between pitcher and pitching coach. So when you talk to them, there's buy-in and there's an understanding. And you know what little cues that they need to hear to maybe get back on track. And that's what he has to try to learn as quickly as possible. And we're going to do everything to, to, to assist him in that. Um, I feel good about where he's at right now. And, you know, he's had many conversations with our pitchers, but he really needs to get his eye on them. Yeah. You know, he's, he's down in spring training already, you know, just trying to prepare and be ready for it. So when we do hit uh, the ground on February 17th, He's at a sprint. He's not at a jog. He's at a sprint. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's a fact that he's got to get to, you know, at, he's almost on the same page with you with so many of these, you know, new relievers that you have. I mean, you could start with uh, Jose Alvarado, Sam Coonrod, then Archie Bradley, and then you have the the guys that you have signed as minor league, you know, contracts that are fighting for spots and Naftali Feliz, Michael Anoa, uh, you know, David Paulino, Brian Mitchell. There's a Hector Rondon, Chase Anderson, Matt Moore. You're, you're over and over, like, we could be talking about new guys, but that was something that was needed. You know, that we know the numbers from last year. How do you see what has played out so far uh, this off season going into, you know, a, a week and a half from now? Well, I, I love what we've done with our bullpen because we've added power. Yes. <laughs> that was one thing that we lacked last year. You know, you had Connor Brogdon who was kind of getting his feet wet, but he could get it up to 97, 98. And, he really started to shine the second time he came up in the last three weeks of the season. So 
I'm excited about him. You had Jojo Romero who could get it up to 96, 97. Um, and we think there might even be a little more in that tank. Um, but then you add a Coonrod can hit 100. Alvarado's hit 100. Archie Bradley, you know, he's 95, 96. All of a sudden, you got power, power, power. And that was something we really lacked. So I'm really excited about that. And I think it, you know, it, it should bode well for our bullpen. Yeah, and it... Like, can you explain to our listeners, like, we tried to say it on the radio side, why you want that power. And everyone's going to be like, well, you got to hit, you know, throw down and away strikes. And it's like, yes, you do. We, we get that. But the power is something that can overcome some mistakes, you know, because of that velocity. How do you see the power within your bullpen as far as the, the positives? Well, I think you're exactly right. I think you get away with more pitches and you can pitch up in the zone and it's hard to catch up to. You don't necessarily have to have pinpoint control to be really successful when you have power. And that's what we've added. So I'm excited about that. And then you got different looks, yeah. you know, every guy's a little bit different. Look, um, Coonrod is going to be different than Bradley. Who's different than Brogdon. Who's different, you know, than an Alvarado is going to be different than a Jojo Romero and, and Hector Neris has got the split. So everyone's got different pitches that they can go to. So that gives you different looks in the bullpen. We had a lot of 92s and 93s last year yeah. with breaking balls. It, it, it's different this year, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> when you bring up Jose Alvarado, it's like, okay, if he's healthy, let's just say, you know, that's always got to be number one with him. I mean, it is disgusting because with the Rays, yeah. you get pitch, you get the, the view straight from behind, right? Like they're not off-centered with the cameras, so you get to see the true movement from him. And, and I'm thinking from a righty going, that's a right-handed cutter. That you're, you're yes. seeing. <laughs> and, and at times it's, it's 98, 99. That's the scary <laughs> part with all the, uh, you know, I look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. I'm glad I don't have to try to catch it. <laughs> oh, I couldn't imagine. I, how many because thumbs? I, oh, <laughs> right. And how many balls that I would miss and go back to the screen and the manager would be mad at me. So <laughs> I'm actually pretty happy that I get to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's on your side. Like, you're going to go out, you're running out to the, uh, to get whoever you are on the mound. You're looking out there going, all right, I feel comfortable with this guy. <laughs> it's a good, it's a comforting feeling, I'm sure, for a manager. Yeah, when you have those type of guys, it's real comforting. And uh, I can't wait to meet all these guys in person. You know, obviously, we've done Zoom calls with them. Yeah. And, and we're all a little bit tired of that. We're a little Zoomed out. Mm -hmm. Um so I'm really looking forward to meeting these guys in person. Uh, yeah, I want to touch a little bit on Connor Brogdon, and you made the mention about his his jump from the first time up to the second time. He got sent down after a rough first. I mean, it, it was rough, but he didn't get scared. He he got better when he went down. It, it's like that that he he took the shot to the chin and, and just stayed right up and and kept fighting. Uh, how do you build off that for him? Well, I think you keep giving him more and more responsibility as, as time goes on. Now, we had him pitching late innings for us by the end, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. he's a guy that I believe that can pitch in the back end consistently and be successful. And you try to get him off to a good start, understanding that he's still young, you know, and he maybe had 11 or 12 innings in the big leagues last year. But I think this kid has a chance to be really good. And, um, the big thing for me, too, is making sure that we make sure that he is fair, you know, is pretty rested, that he's not overused. Because mm. a lot of these guys, when they are developing, they're not throwing a lot of back-to-backs. 
during the course of a season. It's just because they have to develop pitches and you want them to go multiple inning stints and you want them, you know, to make sure that you don't hurt them in a sense. So for him, I think it's making sure that, you know, we, we don't overuse him, mm-hmm. but he's going to be a real important part of our bullpen. So he's got to be prepared for it. Well, it's, it's incredible to think that the four seam fastball that he had and changeup was very, very successful in the minor leagues, but in the big leagues, he understood that he couldn't get any guys leaning out, you know, for righties towards the outside part of the plate. He he really gained confidence in that cutter, and it changed the world for him. I mean, what do you think it was about that pitch, going down and getting that confidence with it? Well, I, I think it's, first of all, you go down and you realize, okay, this is what I got to do better. And I think he realized, I got to get ahead in the count mm-hmm. so I can use all my pitches. And, and we've all been there, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get called up for the first time, cool. there are so many nerves. And there's that, even though you could have the greatest minor league career, but there's always that little bit of, can I do this? Can mm-hmm. I do this? Do I have to do something different than I've done before? And I think what he realized, he really didn't. He just needed to be himself and just locate. And if he did that, he was going to be extremely successful. And that's what we saw. Yeah, it, I I remember having that first really down. My 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 first slump was in the big leagues, not in the minor leagues, and it snowballed quick. <laughs> and you saw it, you saw it with uh, Connor the first time, and he stopped it. It the the fact that he was able to let that thing go down and and gain that confidence back up when he went down and then sulk. That's that's the part where I look at him going, yeah, you're a special one. Like you have the chance of being special because the mindset already. Well, he took it as, okay, I know what I need to do. And yeah. I know why I failed. I let the game speed up. So I just kind of slow it down. And I think, you know, I see it a lot of times when kids come up the first time in spring training. And then you see them a year later. It's amazing because their experience in spring training the year before, they understand, okay, I can slow this down. And once they learn how to slow it down, you see great improvement in their location, their stuff. And then I think that's what happened with Connor. Yeah, it's amazing though, and 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 so we'll go a little bit with the starting pitching because Matt Moore yesterday and Chase Anderson, whether he is a starter reliever, it, either of them are on the big league roster. Uh, what do you see as far as we know the first three guys in in Nola Wheeler Eflin, but going after that, is it depth more than just guys behind them? Well, I think the depth is going to be really important because. You know, I, I have a couple schools of thought. You know, a lot of people are worried about innings and fatigue and because guys didn't have innings. But, you know, you take a starter that got hurt during the course of a season. Maybe he took a line drive off the shin, you know, and he missed two or three months. I know that's probably exaggerated, but let's just say he, he pulled a rib cage muscle and missed two or three months and only threw, you know, like 100 innings, mm-hmm. right? Well, if he had thrown 200 innings the year before and the year before, you're counting on him to give you 200 innings hmm. that year. You're not saying, well, he only threw 100. We can only go to like 130 or 140. You don't say that. So I think in saying that, we believe that some of these guys are going to be fine, that they're going to be able to give you a lot of innings. But some of the other guys might struggle with it. Yeah. So we felt like we needed depth. And that's exactly what Dave went out and did for us. He got us depth. Mm. There will also be competition for spots. And some of these guys can go to the bullpen, which I think it makes us better as well. So, you know, and then you have a Spencer Howard that, that 
has never reached like 150, 160 innings. So we understand that we have to be somewhat careful with him. And um, it just gives us depth, and I think it will really help us. Well, we know what JT brings, and obviously we're excited to have him you know, back and, and best catcher in baseball and all that stuff. But Andrew Knapp, I think that building off of that, having that comfort and what we call quality depth, having someone behind him uh, in, in Andrew Knapp, what do you take on Knappy and, and what he has done? Such a tough job, too. And it's such a tough job to, in a sense, be ready offensively because you don't get consistent at-bats. But one of the things that he did get last year is he got consistent at-bats, and he was very productive. So we want to make sure that we keep him productive again because JT can't catch every day. You can wear a catcher down to where there is no production offensively. Uh, so we, we will continue to use Andrew because I think he offers a lot for our club. What did you learn about JT? Firsthand, what a great athlete he is, <laughs> um, number one. Number, number two, what was so impressive to me was – how prepared he was on both sides of the ball. Every day, the, you know, I, I would say the, the greatest compliment you can give a player from a manager standpoint is to say you never worry about him, right? Yep. You come in and you know he's prepared and he's ready to go physically, mentally, and he's done everything he, he needs to do. Well, every day I would, you know, walk through the clubhouse, there would be JT in his locker writing his notes on how to get hitters out. And you know, you could just look at notes, but he would write his own from what he saw in video and everything and understanding our pitcher stuff that day. And then he would he would basically go over the scouting report with the you know with the, the pitching coach. So he actually had firsthand knowledge of what he thought he'd do and then what the pitching coaches and the pitcher wanted to do, and then you meshed it all together and you had a really good plan. That's awesome. I mean that the first I, thing, I just love that yeah about him. Well, the one thing I, I had talked to like our broadcast crew about when and, and being good buddies with Chase was he reminds me a lot of Chase Utley. And it was, you know, everything that you could do on the field was great, but it was everything off the field. Chase prepped better. Ch Chase wanted to win. Like there was a want yes. and you saw it in his prep. Like he knew everything about everything on his team that was going on. Not only just the opposing team, but his team. And it was all about the preparation, and JT reminds me of that. And the way he goes about his business on the field even goes further to add to that uh, comparison. Well, I think there's two kind of preparations. There's the preparation to have success for yourself individually, mm -hmm. and there's the preparation to win. Mm -hmm. And that's what JT does. JT prepares to win, and so does Andrew. I mean, Andrew yeah. and him work extremely well together. They got their heads in their lockers because – we weren't necessarily allowed to to be in meeting rooms, so that's mm -hmm. what they would do. But it's it's fun to watch them do it, and I and I love it, you know. And for me, again, it's a, a spot that I don't really worry about, and yeah. that's nice. Well, how I mean, and, and you could speak to it being being a you know from a young catcher to a veteran catcher, Rafael Marchand. You you already touched up on him, but having those two examples in front of him, plus yourself, how how valuable is it for him this spring training? Not only that, what he had last season in, in the short time that he was up, but going forward in spring training to see how they prep and, and get things going. Well, I think it's really important for him. And I think what, what he gained from last year is that I can play at this level. 
Now, are there little things that I need to get better at? Absolutely. And I can focus on those because I don't have to worry about, do I have the talent? Can I catch at this level? Can I block at this level? Can I throw at this level? Can I hit at this level? He knows he can. Yeah. So now let's, the, the little fine tuning that protects everything that you do from a catcher standpoint, that, that teams don't know what pitches being thrown because of the way you set up or, or this, or the way that, you know, do I block the ball properly? You know, do I react and read, read when the ball's in the dirt, you know, and, and can they advance? So it's those little things that he will continue to get better at, but he's a really talented player. <laughs> I, I remember standing behind the, uh, the cage in Lakeland. We, I think we talked for 15 minutes just about him and, and his ability to block and doing the little things as a young catcher who wasn't expected to do anything in spring trade. And he just, he opened your eyes right away. And yeah. I'm like, wow, like really? And then you watch it and you're like, okay, yes. Like this yeah, kid is <laughs> block master. That's what yeah. I call him block master because nothing gets by this kid. Now, you know, he'll, he'll catch a game on TV and one ball is going to get by him this year. Yeah. And people are going to say, Oh, one got by, <laughs> but, but I was so impressed with how he was able to slow the game down, how he didn't flinch in handling, you know, a Wheeler or an Eflin or a Nola in his first spring training that the kid was prepared and he just did his job. So I think uh, his future is extremely bright. And then another guy that, you know, the re-signing, obviously, of Didi Gregorius and and the leader that we saw, um, you could speak a lot more on that, but it, just the leadership style that he had as a shortstop, stoic, uh, comes through in the big moment, makes the routine play, will make the acrobatic play, but having him back, how, how yeah. relieving is that for you? I, I'm really happy that we have him back because of his ability to bring out the best in everyone in the clubhouse, <laughs> in the infield, um, to be a leader, to, to be a clutch player, to play with a smile. Um, he plays, you know, when he's a little bit nicked up, he's a tough kid. I mean, a really tough kid. There were a couple of times I tried to give him a day off <laughs> and then something would come up where somebody else was hurting worse than him. And he'd say, I got it. And then he finally said, stop asking me if I need a day <laughs> off, right? So I, I'm just so proud of what he did. And everyone loves Didi. I have never met anyone that has said a bad word about Didi yeah. and, and about playing next to him on the field or being his teammate. And he just makes us better all around, outside the clubhouse and inside the clubhouse. I'm excited to find out what he picked up this offseason. Like, what is, what, yeah. what's his next – you know, he's already accomplished the – the piano or his art, his photography, like what was next? I, I want to yeah. know. He's, he's going to be something when he's done. Cause he's going to have all the time in the world to come up with, <laughs> with whatever th he believes that will, you know, be his calling in life after baseball. But I still want him for a couple more years and I'm glad we have him. Yeah. And then finally, I, I want to ask you about Alec Bowman and, and Obviously, the fantastic start to his career in the big leagues, and it's almost on the same lines as Connor, but as an everyday player, how do you keep that from – uh, it's never a sophomore slump because I just think it just happens. Like people, you know, pick up on tendencies of you and you just have to adjust. What is it with, with Alec that, that you want to see, or how do you get that consistency the same as, as he had when he came up? Well, I want to see him improve in all – um, aspects of the game. I think he can get better defensively. I think he can get better offensively. And in saying that, he was fantastic offensively last year. But I think he's even going to get better. 
I think eventually he's going to hit for more power just because he's going to become more comfortable and then understand who he is as a hitter. I think he can get better, you know, in his first step defensively. Mm-hmm. But I love the kid, the kid's work ethic, his mental toughness, Yeah. right? Where yep. you would start to think, uh-oh, you know, he's in a little tough rut here as a hitter. Is he going to come out of it? And he'd come right out of it. Or he's in a little, you know, he had a, a day where he made a couple errors. Oh, I was going to ask you about In a couple that. days. Yeah. And he, he, he went out and got some work. And I think part of that was we weren't able to get on the field for three days. And I think that's really important. So as a player, you understand, I got to get on the field, right? But yeah. we weren't because of rain and scheduling. And he went out and he fixed it. And he played really well defensively the rest of the year. So I just think he's going to mature. He's going to understand who he is and his body better as time goes on and what he needs to be successful every day. And you'll see even a better player. I, I mean, I was I was blown, blown away after the, the sit down, you know, in, in Atlanta makes the couple errors and you saw it wearing on him. I'm like, I've been there. I know what that feeling's like. I just not as good as you ever. So to see him respond, I don't think he made a mistake the rest of the way defensively. And that I, was I like agree. one of those things where I was like, oh, my God, this guy, the, the sky's the limit for him. If he's able to accomplish this. Yeah, I think any time a player can go through a really difficult time and come out on the other side and not not let it snowball, which he did not, is really impressive about their mental toughness. And in this game, you better have some mental toughness because this game, I, <laughs> I tell my son all the time, it's up and down as a hitter. It's, it's 0 for 3, 0 for 4, then you go 3 for 4 and you're like, you can't even rest on your three for four because you got to do it a game. And the next day you don't make contact. This game is, I tell my son, sometimes it's stupid, right? Mm-hmm. That we play this mm-hmm. game because it's just mental torture, <laughs> but you need to have a lot of mental toughness. And I always share the story with people that Paul O'Neill, you know, he'd be hitting 320, and he'd ask me, can a man forget how to hit in a week? I'm like, really? You're hitting 320. I don't want to hear it. But <laughs> The game offensively tortures you as a player, and you better have thick skin. Oh, man. Who who had thicker skin, Paul O'Neill or the Gatorade bucket, like the jug that he was always bashing? I just well, the greatest thing about that was when, when he'd walk by Don Zimmer, Don Zimmer would always tell him after he beat up the Gatorade or slammed his bat <laughs> that I got a guy in Cincinnati that will hire you for $300 a week, you know. lay in concrete if you want and Uh, and it would just make paul laugh and he would tell sam to shut up and it was so funny uh, i mean he would he would tell him that all the time because Sam was originally from cincinnati and yeah and he would just he he knew how to needle him but he knew how to help him keep it in perspective i i just I, i find him to be one of the most underrated players that we've had in my time as far as like not talked about enough because he played on some great teams <laughs> and yes. he was just a fantastic player but that like people only remember him for truly what they what they remember is oh that guy used to blow up all the time it's like well yeah because he expected perfection like that's what i that's what i took out of it <laughs> well think about the, the great teams he played on he hit third all the time <laughs> <laughs> right. So that was the belief that we had him. And, and you know what Paul brought? Paul brought a sense of urgency every day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That want, don't that, ever, that want to win. Don't ever give it a bad away. I, I don't care hmm. what you do. Do n- never give it a bad away. And that's what Paul did so well. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Joe, I appreciate you coming on Pine Tower for breakfast, talking 
the Phillies and talking Paul O'Neill because again, like I said, I love I love the red asses. They're my favorite because I was one, just not as good as them. So, but uh, I appreciate you, and I can't wait to you see know you. What's, you know what's great about this? I was able to do this call and make breakfast for my son, and I hope it wasn't too loud. But I made him uh, an omelet with ham and cheese and bacon, and uh, I was able to do it during the call. So it really was pine tar for breakfast. Well, well can can I call you? A jerk because you made me hungry the whole time. <laughs> well, you can go. You can go eat. It doesn't take long uh, to do it, as we found out. Oh no, it's a. I, I appreciate you doing the multitasker. I, that, yeah. That's yeah, impressive. You have to be. I you love have it. To be. I love it. Yeah. All right, Joe. Well, thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great day. All Hope right, you see too. You soon. Yeah, can't wait. All right, bye bye. Joe Girardi coming through for pine tar for breakfast, and it was great to talk to Joe. And excited for what he has in store with his team in 2021. Oh, it's so nice to say 2021. Things aren't completely different yet, but uh, hopefully a full season. And talking a lot of Phillies wins. And that was Joe Girardi right here on Pine Tar for breakfast. Leave a message on Twitter at Kevin Franzen whenever you get a chance. Till then, peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.